Welcome back to our Venture Sprout podcast, where we feature spin-ups and new codes that Vizient members are developing and launching across the country. I'm your host, Crystal Mollis, Vice President of Digital, Virtual Experience, and Ventures at Vizient. In this episode, we continue our discussion about Arista MD, a platform that allows payers and providers to quickly and cost-effectively launch specialist e-consults using their own specialist or those provided by Arista MD's board-certified panel. Joining me again is Glenn Olson, Vice President of Business Development at Arista MD, and Dr. Fred Thomas, an epidemiologist and the Executive Director of the Peer-Mentored Care Collaborative at the University of Colorado School of Medicine. Fred, you alluded to earlier that there's a number of specialties that you've proven the model around. Well, and this is just to our institution because they're at any number of other institutions, but I think we have, it's 27 or thereabouts adult specialties and 20-somethings, mid-20s pediatric specialties that are available through eConsult. And like in any other scenario, in any other use case, telehealth, in-person, whatever, the use of it varies. And there are individual sections that are higher users, and there are individual sections that take a little bit longer to come up and to figure out what the use case is or the value add in their particular section. And so we're working through all of those various aspects to make sure that there's not any that we miss. And I'm not sure of any currently that don't do a consult at all, but I'm sure there are. But it seems to work fairly efficiently in each of these sections. And they really do define the particular procedures or the use cases or the things where they try to think, okay, for us, it works quite well here. We're not going to use it over in this sort of procedural area or whatever else, but it works quite well. So each of the sections have a group of templates that they've built out that they think would be most efficient for the use to be consult in partnership with primary care doctors. Yep. And I'll add to that, at a very high level, e-consults are appropriate for any type of routine or standard clinical type referral that is not procedural, urgent, PT, or OT. So in speaking to what Fred said, that weighs in on which specialties are a natural fit for e-consults and some that may not be. Great. Well, let's shift to talk a little bit about the team here. So talk to me a little bit about who was on the team and given your stage of growth and development, what are the key focus areas right now for the team? So from our side, from the Peer Mentored Care Collaborative, we have been working on this effort of combining the ECHO approach and the e-consult for about three or four years at this point. And we're sort of continuing to expand in our internal footprint relative to, as the previous question went into, about who's using it amongst the specialists and how often and how we continually go back around to them for quality improvement and value adds and opportunities for them to expand their use. And then Academic clinicians are always very keen on other institutions who have used it and have done a best practice that have demonstrated something that they would like to replicate and to improve on. So we continue to go around and think in that way. The next stages are these efforts that are external pivots to pilot opportunities with different sort of systems to demonstrate how it works in these different scenarios. And then to basically educate our state and our payers, both the Medicaid and the private payers, that it does work for their covered lives. And as we're moving toward on that, we're working on any number of different research studies that demonstrate an access to care and reduction in cost 
and to continue to work on these sort of things so that we sort of inform practice that informs policy so that at some point as we move along this process of value-based care delivery, that this is a piece of the puzzle that allows for the reduction in cost of care. On the Arista MD side, we have a number of team members that are involved in the process. At the start, the Arista MD provider team will work with Fred and some of his colleagues to go out and meet with the individual clinics, educate them on the value proposition, why this would be of value to them, how it would work. In many cases, we get the immediate buy-in and the go-ahead to move forward. At that point, client services on the Arista MD team gets involved and will sit down with each of the individual clinics and business leaders to define what is the current workflow there and define how e-consults would fit in and fit in in the most simplistic way so that the provider is not disrupted. We also have technical people involved in that from the start in the morning, what we want to have a single sign-on. So although there is no technical integration required, we find in many clinics it's easy to have single sign-on with the desktop. And what I mean by that basically is someone comes into their office, they log in with their credentials on their laptop, and by doing that, they're authentic authenticating into the Arista MD platform, their EHR, any other systems that they have up and running. So we've tried to make access into the application or platform as easy as possible. Let's talk about if I'm a stakeholder that you guys are currently, that Arista MD is currently serving, whether I be a healthcare executive, a clinical leader, a plan administrator, why should I step into using or considering Arista MD over what I'm currently doing today? Well, I'll start. There's any number of stakeholders, and I could try to get at the ones that I would identify, but it wouldn't be collectively exhaustive because it just sort of, you know, everyone currently is a stakeholder relative to us having a more efficient healthcare system, frankly, related to cost and quality. And so traditionally, U.S. healthcare costs a whole lot of money and comparative quality, I guess you could say you don't necessarily get what you pay for. And that while also saying the University of Colorado and many other academic medical centers are the best place to get the highest level of care. But it's also very hard to get there because there's just so limited number of providers that provide some of these high-end specialties. And so there's a lot of folks who actually don't have as ready access to care as they might need. And then on the other side, there are great inefficiencies with how our system works. And so there's any number of people who end up at the academic medical center who maybe don't need to be there. And so the idea is trying to figure out how a right sizing of this care scenario happens so that you have the people who could be cared for well, cared for in their community so they don't have to travel and are cared for in partnership with their primary care provider in the patient-centered medical home in collaboration when things get worse with their specialty consultation at the academic medical center. And then the patients who do need to be seen at the academic medical center for higher end things have the ability to get that care and to get it quicker and then to have sort of a a resolution of that coming back into a follow-up in their primary care provider's clinic location with collaboration through these sort of mechanisms. Stakeholders would be your primary care system with the idea that, you know, like even both post-COVID, they jumped into telehealth like never before. And so now they're trying to figure out how do I keep the patients that I started seeing 
during COVID, then provide them good care via tele uh, sort of capacities because it both is good care and it also sort of maintains their business model. But how does this extra tool allow them to do more of that and to maintain these patient relationships for care? And then, of course, the payers. The payers have to look at how do my patients or how do my covered lives get access to care, but how do I keep the costs down? And how do I start sort of reversing that trend that has been happening over decades with the cost of care going up and we start moving in the other direction responsibly? And then, of course, systems. University of Colorado provides fantastic care, but at the same point, there are all sorts of general complaints from payers and from other individuals about individuals not having access to specialty care and systems and payers wanting to have the University of Colorado provide more access to specialty care. And so this is a mechanism to try to make that right sizing approach work. And then, of course, you know, there's a great consumerism afloat relative to COVID showed them, I can stay in my home. I can see my provider from my living room. I can resist the traditional model of of going in and get good care. And so there's any number of sort of stakeholders and they're all uh, have an interplay in this and we're trying to figure out the right fit. And it may sound very cheesy, but it's sort of getting at the right care, right place, right time with the right provider. You know, Fred, I fully agree with your response. And I think the industry is adopting to exactly the right care, right place, right time scenario you just outlined. There's a term that's becoming known in the industry as e-consult first. And to make sure that the right level of care is being provided, many organizations are doing an e-consult first before a referral with the mindset being, let's get specialty eyes on a case before the referral's made. And that will help to weed out what can be safely managed in the PCP clinic and what needs a true face-to-face visit. The neat upside that wasn't expected was when a face-to-face is still needed, the specialist can guide the PCP to get specific tests or different prep work done before the patient goes to the specialist. So when they get to the specialist, they're now in action mode, not ordering test mode. So there's huge efficiencies that have come from that mentality. On some specialties, let's say rheumatology and some of those, there are very few of those providers. And so the wait list can be just really long. And so if there's a way, and we have published on this, and there is a way to try to figure out how to triage who needs to come to the academic medical center and who doesn't. This mechanism is a perfect tool for that with the idea that you actually could have a number of patients who are non-procedural stay in their community, do this partnership and collaborative care model through e-consult and tele and echo models. And then the folks who actually do need to have the procedures done get moved up in the queue. So they're thus seen earlier and perhaps more often because there's not as much of a backlog relative to the people who are trying to feed into the wait list. Well, gentlemen, I have one more question for you, given the pandemic has really magnified some of the challenges that we've seen on the front of health equity and the experiences that exist across the country. How is Arista MD positioned to help the industry solve for what we're seeing around health inequity? Well, I think we've covered a lot of that. It's sort of an undercurrent here that if you are a minority or low-income individual or you live rurally or you don't have insurance, your access to this higher level of specialty care is often want, and that's been published over and over and over again. And so the idea about how you would use a mechanism that allowed for a lower cost, but a high quality of specialty access 
where you live in partnership with your primary care is healthcare equity. It is actually getting at healthcare equity. The other thing I'd mention is if you're able to provide a great deal of care to a patient in their patient-centered medical home, this man or woman knows a whole lot about the individual and their family. And for many, a family medicine doctor cares for every member of the family, from the old folks to the very young kids. And so the idea about having this sort of set of tools to help them provide this variety of care, I think, is really critical. But where I was getting at the patient-centered medical home is you often hear the term social determinants of health. And that's the 80% of things that happen in a person's life that are responsible for most of their health outcomes compared to the 20%, which is health interventions. And so all the stuff that happens in your community, whether you live amongst pollution, whether you have sidewalks, whether or not you have a great deal of poverty, lack of housing, all those different things impact health greatly. And the provider who lives in that community and has dealt with this patient and their family over time knows a whole lot more what has gone on in this person's life relative to how they present either healthy or not healthy. And so this also, I think, actually does give a better social determinant of health-informed healthcare delivery model that can happen in partnership with your academic medical centers. Fantastic. Glenn and Fred, it's just been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today and to really get the story of Arista MD out there. So we're very excited to, to give you guys some spotlight here and believe that you're doing a fantastic thing for healthcare for patients and providers. So grateful to have had you as our guest today. And to our listeners, thank you for joining this episode of the Vizient Ventures podcast. If you are a Vizient member and subscribe to our network offerings, we encourage you to register to attend our full experience on the new digital frontier as we explore healthcare spinups and new co's. This experience includes additional podcasts featuring the new co's and a matchmaking venture summit. In that summit, we will feature several member spinups and give you the opportunity to have one-on-one conversations to explore relationships that could lead to investment opportunities, co-development, and or a buying opportunity with these companies. So if you're a C-suite leader, you've received an email from us to register for these events. We look forward to seeing you there.